Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. OUSA Clubs and Socks have a variety of ways that you can add some extracurricular action to your year. Join us in the club. Right, you're tuned to the one radio one ninety one FM. It's time for In the Club, where we look at a different club every Monday and Thursday, look into what they do, who they are, what they're all about, and how you can get involved. And this morning we're talking about two students for sensible drug policy, and I'm joined by Sam now, Atamaria. Good morning. Kiara mate, how's it going? I'm very good. And yourself? Yeah, great, thanks. Right, let's have the uh, you know, let, let's start with some honesty. Some people in society are going to look at the, your organization and think they just want to do drugs, do a drug, uh, and have no consequences if they get busted. Uh, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Is that the way it is? Um, not not at all. You know, we're uh, we're very much about pushing for harm reduction as opposed to just being like, hey, let's legalise all these drugs. I mean, that is obviously a very important part of harm reduction. Criminalising people who use drugs is never really going to uh, lead to positive outcomes for them or for the society around them, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, you know, when you criminalise uh, people for, for little things like possession of cannabis and, uh, you know, and small stuff, um, you're not just affecting them, but you're affecting the, those around them. They could be the breadwinner of their household. They could be uh, all, all, all manner of things. And, and you're, um, you know, uh, taking, you know, if you're imprisoning, putting someone in prison for, for something that is, is quite minor and in many Western societies and Eastern societies for that matter, anywhere around the globe, um, you, you wouldn't even go to jail, right? For, for You know, if someone's getting caught with two ounces of cannabis uh, and that's deemed in the New Zealand system as being supply... You're going to end up going to jail, but in some countries you're not. Well, exactly. It's ridiculous. You know, my, I was just chatting to my mate two or three days ago, and he's like, I can't wait to get back to Canada and <laughs> just be able to walk into a dispensary and legally buy weed, you know, and not have all these, all the sort of dodgy uh, things that go on when you're buying, you know. Yeah. And be able to trust your supply and be able to do it in safe environments and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's an important thing too, trusting your supply. And, um, we've seen uh, recent policies and uh, around um, allowing for testing uh, in places. That's a really important thing. Uh, it's, nothing, it's not what you do, but you, um, you're probably loosely involved with Know Your Stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I volunteer with them. Um, and to be honest, quite a few, few of the members of the club do. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that for quite a while and... There was a li- there was a wee portion of time before I got involved with them as well where I was doing a a little bit of uh, we should say grey area drug, drug testing I guess mm-hmm. as it was mm-hmm. just a few small events yeah um, because that's obviously something that's really always is and always will probably be really important until these things are regulated and we know we can trust them just like we trust our food products yeah. which are currently regulated just like you trust your alcohol that you buy at the liquor store exactly mm. yeah that's legal drug selling. Cigarettes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Coffee. Exactly. It's a psychoactive substance. And that's, and the ridiculous, you know, all, all, the ridiculous thing is, like, a lot of these legal substances, the harm they cause to the community and the harm that they cause to the individuals themselves is far higher than a lot of the illicit drugs we have. Yeah. Yeah, that are commonly used. Yeah, and that's purely for the fact that our laws and the way our society works still rely on, um, 
you know, uh, ideas of a bygone era when we're talking about the 1800s and the early 20th century when we're talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I don't know if we really need to sit here and no. discuss too much about the failure of the war on drugs. <laughs> it's, it's clear the drug use has only gone up and drugs have got more pure and adulterants have got more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only way around that really is to actually, you know, don't let this market sit there and kind of be like a wild west essentially when there's no laws around it. You know, just anything can happen. It needs to be brought into the legal fold. So what are sensible drug policies and what are your goals? Um, a really good sensible drug policy that all key, that all listeners probably are aware of is drug testing and legalising that, which has happened lately. Yeah. Um, big thing for... Yeah, so we helped OUSA do a submission on, on that, trying to... Uh, you know, make sure that's nice and accessible to as many people in the in the country as possible. But um, also, just not criminalising people for possession is a hugely important thing, um, particularly when people have drug abuse problems. Um, it's really, if we're just simply criminalising them, we're not going to solve those problems. Yeah, and. Um, it re- we really need to move towards a health-based approach and get those people and be like, okay, you know, we need to send you to, well, not force them to go, but we need to talk to them and give them options to actually go and, you know, get rehabilitated and, and get off these things. And they can't do that if they're scared of authority because the authority is just going to lock them up and ruin their life, essentially. Yeah. Um, a huge problem also in in New Zealand and something that really bring us down in the global rankings of um, how good our drug policies are is just straight up racism and the fact that Maori are just so much disproportionately um, affected by arrest rates and things compared to the rest of us and that's particularly true for cannabis Um, recently obviously the government tried to give police discretion to um, so that they could decide whether or not to punish people for low-level... to prosecute people for low-level possession amounts. Yeah. Which is hugely problematic, and for the police to be in control of that, that's probably something that should be up to the courts for de- to decide, because, you know, they have a bit more of a... Uh, they're a bit more educated in making those kinds of decisions. And what's happened is, well, as everyone probably all not well knows, is the race... although arrest rates for low-level possession have gone down. The disproportionate arrest rates for um, for Maori to non-Maori have just rapidly increased. Yeah, I don't want to bag on all police, but, you know, it's somebody... If, 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 if you want to join the police force, you go through an academy for not a lot, a lot of time, and you're taught a, um, a, bit, a little bits and pieces about a lot of things really quickly... But you're essentially still the same person that went into that academy as you come out. And um, a lot of people go into becoming a police person for, for a myriad of reasons. And some of them could be on a power trip. They like to hold authority. We've seen, um, we've seen studies in the past. Uh, where you know, if you remember that famous one where they grabbed a bunch of volunteers, half of them became prisoners, half of them became prison guards. And what happened then was chaos. And someone almost died. Right. Um, so, yeah. So the police system um, is 
scared up wrong and I don't think it's run correctly and there is a lot of racism within that within that organization yeah definitely and I think um I think there's this really interesting thing that certainly my generation and certainly in the circles I run in particularly in circles of of people who use drugs there's obviously a lot of resentment and a lot of distaste towards the police force yeah and you know I think if the police were out there mostly targeting violent crimes and they weren't out here arresting people for having a bit of weed in their their pocket, I don't think that same level of distaste would be there. Obviously, there's still still a bit of the the racism element. Yeah. But a large part of the racism element is amplified by the ability to prosecute people and decide whether to or whether not prosecute people through low-level possession and through drug policies, you know. We know full well that the drug war started in America due to due to seriously, um, you know, basically to target inner-city black communities mm. and to target the hippie movement. And the reason we have our drug war around the world is because the U.S. pushed that on the rest of the world. Yeah. So Thanks, it, Reagan. Yeah, exactly. It, it started as a racist policy, and it spread as a racist policy, and decades later it continues to be racist policy. Um, the, we, we t- you talked a little bit about um, rehabs before, and you know, having an open and honest policies um, would help people that do need help get into these organisations. Do you think there's enough... Um, you know, there's not that many facilities in New Zealand. Do you think enough funding's going in towards those kinds of things and, and, you know, helping people with their mental health around drugs as well? Is that an Uh, issue in New Zealand? I mean, we, surprisingly, for such a beautiful country and all these things, we have one of the highest rates of depression in the world. So clearly not, Mm. essentially. Um, we, We briefly... Before we started, we briefly chatted about psychedelic therapies and those sorts of things. Yeah. And it's really, really nice to see that some of that research is starting to happen here. And uh, I would really like to see, you know, a, a um, sort of legal shift to make that sort of research far more accessible in this country. And just to actually, you know, I understand that recreational legal um, rec- legalizing things recreationally is probably quite a far way off for a lot of these substances but medically it must be seriously important for yeah our mental health for our mental health uh, problem we've got going on but the war on drugs is still a barrier to that scientific research if you look at it in america and um you know there's laws around the fact that you can't do testing in universities with marijuana it's illegal yeah, exactly. And it's at the federal level. I think um I think I think it might be that you can, but you have to get a legal marijuana a federally legal marijuana supply. And the organization that owns the only federal legal marijuana supply is the DEA. <laughs> so obviously they don't want research to happen because this is what holds their entire institution up. Mm. And this is, uh, yeah, all the, all this sort of stuff is keeping them going. So, it's, you know, this rapid wave of drug legali- legalisation and things that's starting to happen in the US must be pretty scary to these guys because they're all of a sudden like, we're going to start losing our funding. Yeah. We're gonna, they're going to start losing their jobs and their money. And, and you've got Big Pharma and their lobby groups in Washington, D.C. holding things down as well. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful, beautiful cesspool of... <laughs> 
of of power and uh, power and oppression, I guess. What's some of the work that you do? You recently went to a UN conference. Yeah, so recently, me and our secretary uh, Jai Wellen, um he's a PhD student over in psychology, studying uh, MDMA. And um, me and him attended, we didn't go because of COVID, but we attended on Zoom the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crimes Commission on Narcotic Drugs, mm-hmm. which is an annual event, and it's basically just all the international policy talking about talking about drug laws. Um, things from international treaties on how, com- how countries can work together to reduce organised crime and drug trafficking... Yeah. To uh, com- to you know people talking about legal cannabis, to uh, yeah, huge huge wide range of things. Um, honestly, the number one finding from from that was a whole lot of money gets st- spent on bureaucracy, and not a lot seems to really change. Um, there was some really interesting side events going on which was great to hear about. One that particularly jumped out at me was looking at um, the effect on environment of illicit drugs manufacture. Yeah. Because obviously they don't have anywhere near this. That's a whole other area where regulation can improve things, you know. These waste chemicals are just getting pulled down the drain. If this is a legally regulated factory, that would never happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, environment as well, that's a huge, hugely important thing. Um. But, yeah, it was very interesting with Russia being there. Uh, every country pretty much deplored everything that Russia said and was like, go away, we can't trust you. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Which is really lovely because they're such a... Uh, Russia is such a, a prohibitionist voice when it comes to drug policy. Totally. To the point that like even like methadone treatment for um, for addiction, they were just like... They they opposed that, and um, they at one point they started accusing Ukraine of of um, pushing drugs on their country, and that's why they essentially they were sort of alluding to this is why we needed to invade because Ukraine oh, Ukraine's government is involved in legal drugs manufacture and then they're shipping them over the border, and they then stated a few different places that they had that they had bombed because they knew there was these legal... You know, the Ukraine was pumping out drugs there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, someone in SSDP International actually actually looked this up, and the, only, and the correlation they found is that the places they mentioned were places where, um, where opioid replacement therapy centres for, for people who have, have addiction problems where the Russian government had ba- had bombed these these centers. Oh great. <laughs> Whilst, you know, so such a such a weird angle and weird how even even this drug policy stuff's tying into the war but interesting. Um yeah. so <laughs> sorry, I went on a tangent. Oh, I forgot no, what, I forgot good. what the question was. Oh, I was just thinking about crocodile. Um, <laughs> So what's some of the stuff that you do on campus and how can people get involved? Yeah, that was it. So we've been trying to have regular um, events where we get people in to come and talk about scientific research around drugs and drug policy, uh, lived experience as drug drug users, um, all that sort of stuff. So far with COVID, we've managed to pull off one of these, yeah. uh, which we had last year, which is, which is quite good. We had... Um, 
Gilbert may come down and talk about a lot of his lived experience as a um, Gilbert. Yeah, as as a person who used drugs on on campus back in the day, and then um, Tuari Portiki, who uh, runs the Office of Maori Development, mm-hmm. so he came and talked about his life story and local cannabis activists, but Holmes and a few other people. So that was really cool. We're now now that we've sort of got back into Orange, we're um, starting looking into having one, which is probably going to be centered around psychedelics. Um, still haven't worked out. This, who the speakers are going to be just yet? I think one of them might be, might be somebody who's recently um, gone through the training to do like maps training to do MDMA assisted psychotherapy. Nice. Um, in order to go to some research, um, so that's quite that's going to be cool. Uh, we haven't got a set date for that yeah. yet, but yeah. that's coming up. We're starting to do some social events, just like some movie nights every now and then. Uh, going to start off just doing some fun drug-related movies. Probably might throw the odd documentary or two in there. Um, and, yeah, we have regular regular catch-ups. But also, big things coming up this week. Um, we're going to be attending J-Day, which is on Saturday. That's the first Saturday of May every, every year, and that's just a cannabis protest, essentially, in the middle of the octagon. Uh, lower octagon this year as the anti-vax protest uh, ruined the grass <laughs> um, so there's going to be apparently there's going to be no grass at J-Day yeah, yeah. Um, there's the pun <laughs> I found it I finally found the pun that's yeah. um, not a good one <laughs> uh also not run by us whatsoever but just a good thing that I always like to shout out is on Friday there's going to be drug testing at OUSA run by the brilliant Know Your Stuff Um, yeah otherwise we also just do a lot of stuff around campus putting up, just spreading, trying to spread information on how to use drugs safely, we'll often set up a table and just chat to people and be like hey you know this is this is why we need better drug policies this is how you these are things you can do to uh not harm yourself. You're going to bring back Wednesdays? Smoking on campus Wednesdays? <laughs> Funny you'd mention that. There's been so much discussion this past week or two about doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think smoking on campus is a go. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I'm trying to work out if we can get something going on a similar sort of... in a similar sort of manner just as some sort of regular weekly protest... Nice, nice. Um, haven't worked out details, but I'll let you know when we do. And so how do people get in touch with you if they want to get involved? Um, our email is New Zealand at chapters.ssdp.com. Um, also, if you go on the USA website, you can uh, look up Students Sensible Drug Policy. We come up also on Facebook, Students Sensible Drug Policy Aotearoa. And uh, we have a group as well for the Dunedin group, which is Students for Sensible Drug Policy, Dunedin, nice. also on Facebook. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so it's much for having educational. me. educational. Um, have a wonderful J-Day this weekend. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, no Feel doubt. free to come along. No doubt. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.